the top players and legends to the very best analysts around the world from wherever the beautiful game is played. This is BTP. Now, we're talking football. Yes, hello folks, welcome to the special episode of Beyond the Pitch. I'm your host as always, Phil Brand. I'm delighted to be joined for the very first time guy called Carl McGuigan. Uh, if you haven't had a chance to check out Carl, go ahead and check out his fantastic podcast, Brawl Boxing. He's also a big Manchester United fan and from my home uh, in Belfast, although he's a Westing. Um, so uh, forgive him if he speaks a foreign language. I do, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a million for having me on, Phil. Really appreciate it. Um, obviously, love your show and listen every week, so it's great to be on here with you. Absolute pleasure. I always like having people on. Uh, I want to try to do that more and more next season um, and then rotate a wee bit more through different guests, different hosts. So um, thanks for coming on, Cam. Pleasure. Uh, Cam, let's talk about last night, of course. A very, very, very disappointing result. We've had a number of disappointing results. I mean, under Solskjaer alone, we can point to so many times we needed to find ourselves in one-off situations where they needed to win. I can't think of anything other than Leicester last season where they actually come through that game and won, where they've lost a game last night badly, badly wanted United to win. For many different reasons, I wanted to see Solskjaer win that trophy. I think it was important for United to win that trophy to get over that mental hump. And once again, they showed that in them, when the pressure was on, the heel moment, they filled their pants. Look, leading look at the Champions League, all they needed was one point from two games. Couldn't get it. Such a disappointing outcome. I know. I mean, looking at last night for me, anyways, watching that game, it looked as if we went into that game thinking we were going to breeze it. There was too many passengers. Um, other than Cavani and McTominay, who I thought were both really, really good. Um, I mean, Cavani was was more in our, our own box than he was in the oppositions because of the nature of the game against that Villarreal team that really did sit back. But it seems to be in these close games, we just don't have it. And I think it's all down to, I don't know about you, but for me, it's more down to the fact that with no strength and depth, and that's something this, this summer we have to address, it's too, too little, too late every single summer at the end of the summer saying, oh, we'll, we'll sort that out next season. We need to do it now. Well, we talk about strength and depth. Go back a year ago when United lost to Sevilla. What was the first thing Solskjaer said after that game? He was disappointed because United didn't have the depth that they needed. Didn't make made changes really, really late, if you remember and being criticised for it. And here we find ourselves in exactly the same situation where there's no subs made, uh, even going in the extra time, which implies a serious lack of trust on the players that you have on the bench. Right? United have just had this exhaustive season. Villarreal, Villarreal were given an extra day off by La Liga to prepare for this. They had all the, they had the advantages in terms of preparation. Um, but the fact that you're not making a change in a team that's had two shots on target and where basically two players played well tells me an awful lot about what Solskjaer thinks of what's on the bench. I do think, and we've talked about this before, um, whether United will go out this summer be parsimonious whether they'll go out and spend I do think they will go out and spend this summer uh, I think they'll spend a little bit more than what they were originally intending and prior to these protests um, so I think they will spend this summer I've got some really confident information on what they're going to do this summer and uh, I think United will go out and spend then before we get on to, the, to, to what that means for Solskjaer I still want to focus on last night um, Bruno Fernandes I had him on the pod um, before the game he was, of course, the focal point, but him and Pogba, they were non-existent. Nah, I mean, look, looking at them too last night, this is the type of game where you, you need your big players to show up 
you know, like down the years, look look at previous finals we've been in. All the big players have shown up. Look at Moscow, mm-hmm. for example. Mm-hmm. If you think of back to Moscow and you think of the players that show, showed up that night, it's one of those things that we need to address very soon. Bruno Pogba, Scott McTominay in that midfield, and in terms for me, anyways, that change whenever he made he he brought on Fred. It was just too little, too late. Mm-hmm. He's bringing he's bringing on Fred, right? And you're you're holding midfield, so you're giving Pogba that position out left where he likes it. If if at the beginning of the game Pogba was out left, he would have been more efficient. For me, anyways, I think that. And, and in terms of if, if we're thinking of Rashford, hindsight's a great thing. But for me, last night, Rashford should have been whipped off way before the 98th minute. He just, he wasn't there last night for me. I agree. But then you get into the problem of for who. I think if Martial's fit, then that probably happens. And these are the things that why I think, you know, you're never going to send Sancho the summer. We'll get into that later. Um, to address this weakness that's an obvious weakness. <clears throat> um, it should have been done last summer. The centre-back position should have been done last summer. It wasn't. Uh, we find ourselves talking about a position that we knew over a year ago was it was, it was a necessity. They have to send a centre-back. We'll get into that in a little bit. Other things from last night that I want to talk about. Um, David De Gea, of course. Um, a big question marks about whether he was going to start in goal. For me, uh, David De Gea... I, I, it's hard for me to imagine, Tom, and some people disagree, I don't care, how you could have done worse on those penalty kicks. I honestly, I, I saw no athleticism from De Gea. I saw no determination. I saw no man games. I saw nothing. You know, you, there was no gravel or legs. There was nothing. <laughs> there was just impotent, lean back, lean to the left, lean to the right, hope it hits me. It, am I, is this guy got something else he'd rather be doing and see it looked like he was taking penalties or his daughter was taking penalties in the back garden I mean what, what the <laughs> honestly I, I expect better from that no me, me too I expect better but see see going on this Henderson De Head debate I, I've been quite vocal on Twitter and stuff saying I really do believe that Dean Henderson isn't at the level to be number one for Manchester United people will disagree with me on that I just haven't seen enough from him De Gea has shown throughout the years that he is at that level. Obviously, his distribution is a main problem. We all know that. Even last night, there was three or four times his distribution was shocking. When it comes down to penalties, though, I think that's up to Ole to know that De Gea, there was a stat last night going about on De Gea. I don't know the exact stat, but it was something like 37 penalties that De Gea hasn't even guessed the right way. I mean, the we knew going into that penalty shootout that David De Gea is not, his strength isn't saving penalties. So if Ole had any sort of indication that was going to be the case, he should have made a change. Similar to Van Hal in the, in the um, World Cup, was it, whenever he made that decision. So for me, I would have made the decision to bring Henderson in for the penalties alone, but I still would have started De Gea. And we can't really put it down to De Gea missing that penalty. I, I don't, I've seen a lot of people today on social media talking about that. You know, goalkeepers aren't there to score penalties, so we can't we can't pin that on him. But, but I agree with you. Him, his positioning for all those penalties was shocking. There was no desire. He, he didn't look as if he wanted to save one of the penalties. That's exactly what I'm saying. And and, and okay, so let's, let's say he's not there to score penalties, but he's there to save them. And... If we're talking about a goalkeeper that's constantly discussed in the uh, bracket of the best goalkeeper in the world, except he's not good at penalties, his distribution's poor, he's not good coming off his line, then what's he good at? 
What is he good at? What is he good at that gets him in the discussion for best goalkeeper in the world? And if you're genuinely a goalkeeper and you're not good at saving penalties, it's kind of your bread and butter. Now, I can understand you being good at saving penalties, but somebody's better, right? If you're being hauled off because you can't save a penalty, you shouldn't be making 350 grand a week in an international team. It's a bit different because you're not playing about futures. You know, you can dump a player who doesn't want to play for an national team, not the end of the world. Van Hal's leaving. You know, it's not the big deal. At United, that's a key decision. If the head gets dropped, then maybe he wants to leave. But you're sitting there going, this doesn't look like a guy that's hungry. This doesn't look like a guy that desperately wants to be the best goalkeeper in the world. This is not the Dava De Gea that was United's player of the year three, four years in a row, five years in a row. This is that, That's not the same goalkeeper. That goalkeeper last night could have been any goalkeeper in any four professional leagues in England, and nobody would have known a difference. I'm telling you, that, that, that was... Really, really, really poor from the hair. And this is where I want to see you know, to be ruthless. This is where I want to see there be consequences to failure. Stop persevering with players three, four, five years that show you every year they're not good enough. Phil Jones showed me at this football club, along with a bunch of others. And last night, Solskjaer, you can talk about Solskjaer all you want, right? But when Marcus Riceford's missing the chances that he missed, that's not Solskjaer's fault. When David De Gea can't save a penalty, that's not Solskjaer's fault. He's a manager. It's up to players to do their job too. Now, he's not blameless. Of course, he has to take blame, and we'll get into Solskjaer in a little bit. But the thing is, he's also relying on professional footballers doing their job, and, and, and too many of them didn't. Yeah, I, I agree with you. In terms of the, the whole De Gea conversation, I, he, he just lacks ambition now. I think it's more so he's been there too long. He's got very comfortable. I think I agree with you. It probably is time for him to move on, but I don't think Dean Henderson's the answer. I know your man Don Donnarumma um, from AC Milan's a free agent now. He's the type of person maybe because I, I can't think of any other world class keepers <coughs> that we we could be in the market for. Do you know what I mean? So, but I don't think. What's your views on Henderson? Do you think he's he's the answer? Well, no. I think your problem with Henderson and De Gea is very similar in the sense that neither of them. Have locked down that number one shirt because of their because of their average performance. You know these are neither of them are particularly impressed. So Solskjaer is undecided because of the mediocrity of both of them. And so and looking at Henderson and going, I, I, I talked to Franz Hoke at the start of the season. You know Henderson's been in United since he was 15, 14, yeah. 15. And I was talking to Franz Hoke about him and he was saying, look, the pressure of playing for Manchester United. Not analogous to playing for Sheffield. There's no disrespect to them at all. So you just can't tell. And De Gea, and Henderson's not the best distribution as well. He's better than De Gea, but he's not. He, he's more vocal. But see, this is what concerned me. With Harry Maguire also being it, it was imperative that you need to get that goalkeeping choice right. I don't think they got it wrong last night, by the way. Right? I just no. don't think. I need yeah. to see David De Gea. As, I, I don't think David De Gea should be at Manchester United next season. But in saying that, there isn't a lot of top goalkeepers out there that United can go pick off. Secondly, you know, it, 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 you look at other needs that United have. You know, do you really want to be replacing a goalkeeper and a centre back in the same season? You know, so I think that um, this was always a, a, a big question for Slutsker to settle, and I think he was hoping that it would sort it out itself between the two. Um, someone would emerge as the stronger of the two, the more consistent of the two, but that just hasn't happened. And um, so, who would you, who would you have then for next season? In terms of if you're dropping one of those, we've heard Tom Heaton's coming in, right? So he's likely going to be your number two. 
who are the those? Who's going to be your number one then for next season? It's a really, really good question. Don't remember Tom Heaton lost his place to Emilio Martinez at Aston Villa. Yeah, and take a look at how well they've done this season, right? Yeah, and this may be the most important decision Solskjaer has to make this summer because if he gets the goalkeeping thing wrong, it doesn't matter how good Jaden Sancho is. It doesn't matter how good your midfield is. If you can't keep clean sheets, you're not winning games of football. You're not, and, and Solskjaer's job's under pressure. This is a massive summer for him. He has to get the goalkeeping situation correct. I don't know, because for the same reason Solskjaer doesn't know. Neither of them have settled the, the question. Right? And when you get constant rotation, it is a sign of mediocrity. Because when good players play well consistently, they don't get rotated. When you've got mediocre players that don't lock down shirts, then you remember you used to hear this a lot about Solskjaer is the most best 11 that's constantly changing. That's because nobody's, there's just 11 players locking down a shirt. And what do you do yeah. if someone doesn't play well? Do you not give somebody else a chance? You know, he's got that decision to make. He's got Van der Beek. He's got other big decisions to make this summer. I, I don't answer that question. I don't know, man. It's a tough one. I, I'm, look, I, I'm with David. I've said it for a few weeks, I think. Dean Henderson just isn't at the elite level. We know De Gea is. He needs to get himself back onto that podium of being number one and he needs to get a bit of confidence back. Um, obviously, we know he's probably not going to be around. If he does stay next season, it's probably going to be his last season. He's going to have one or two more seasons if he does stay, whereas you'll, you'll get a bit longer with Henderson. But is Henderson going to be the number one? He's not going to be happy to be a number two. So, in my opinion, I'd be looking to to get rid of Henderson and, and keep De Gea and then possibly... Next season change, goalkeeper. I don't, I don't think they should sell Henderson. I think if they can, loan him out to a club that has top ambitions to where there's pressure to perform, where he's under scrutiny, where he has to deal with that pressure, where he has to emerge as a leader. And I would like to see that happen um, before you nearly give up on him. Uh, I mean, to be fair, in De Gea's first season or two, he was far from a stand. And I understand the situations are not the same, but... Um, I, I wouldn't. I, I would be reluctant to bin Henderson right now. But do you um, think? Do you think Henderson would be happy enough to be loaned again next season? Because from what I'm hearing and what I, I see from him, he thinks he's number one. He should be number one in that jersey. Says so. Well, he, if if the club are turning around to say, look, you, you're going on loan next season, I don't think he'd be happy with that. Well, he, can, he may or may not be. But here, how many how many, how many chief executives do you think are sitting in the boardrooms right now saying we need a goalkeeper? Dean Henderson's the answer. Let's go, let's go, let's go spread our transfer budget on it. Now, if you ring yeah. a chief executive and say, here's Dean Henderson on loan, well, that's a different decision. You know, so yeah. Dean Henderson has to read the room and realise where he's at. He's not number one in his national team, right? So there's not many clubs out there that are going to dig deep and spend a lot of money on Henderson and say, come on, play with us, son. You know, so I think he has to realise he, he needs another season like he had last season. You know, so, yeah, I, I, I think it's, it's a difficult question for Solskjaer to answer. Uh, I don't think he knows the answer to that question any better than what he did the first day of last of this season. Um, let me ask you about Victor Lindelof. What was your take on him last night? Do you know what I like Victor Lindelof? I think he's I think he's good in bursts, but I think he's he's a passenger too often. He gets bullied too often. If he doesn't have Harry Maguire beside him, he's a bomb scorer because. He's worried about everything going on around him. He never controls a game, and you need your centre half to control a game. Like think of the, all the partnerships we've had, commanding figures like Rio and Nemanja Vidić. Like this is completely different. 
than anything we've ever had with Victor Lindelof. So last night, I think Bay doesn't help the situation because Bay's erratic, but Victor Lindelof hasn't nailed down that position. And for me, I think it's time to to get rid. That, that's my personal opinion. People disagree with me on that, but I just think it's time to get rid. We need to get in someone who's a command in centre half who can take over that number one position when Harry Maguire's not there and fill that void. Yeah, it's uh, for Lindelof for me. Um, Luke Shaw is always the going to be the example that maybe there's a player and they're waiting to come out. But to me, when you're playing down the middle, you can't make the mistakes Lindelof makes. This is the same concern with me with Fred. These are, they're giving the ball away in dangerous positions. Lindelof has given away a goal from a set piece. First of all, he's the wrong side of the player. It gets it gets turned. It's 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 a, it's a disgraceful goal to give away. It really is a disgraceful goal at this level to give away, and it's a problem that's bred United over and over again. You talk about getting bullied. If Victor Lindelof then isn't suited to English football, if he hasn't got a physical element, then he needs to go somewhere else. Maybe he'd be better in Spain where you don't have that physical element. Maybe he'd be better somewhere else. I know it sounds silly giving Villarreal to score against them last night, but <laughs> I'm sorry, I need more than that for my centre back. I need tenacity. I think back to the West Brom game. Right, where he was bullied again, weak. You know, how badly do you want it? It sounds like to me, it looks like to me, Lindelof's more concerned with the physical contact than actually winning the ball. Very, very disappointing. And uh, we were concerned about how that centre-back um, position would be. Uh, and it ended up being costly. You know, United looking at left-footed centre-backs. I know that Varian, right-footed centre-back, um, is someone they've looked at very, very closely. And um, that is a very real possibility. I do think they will send a centre back this summer, uh, and uh, I, I think we'll have to. I mean, well, I would like Varane definitely. He he's my number one priority. Milinkovic maybe as well. But either you keep Lindelof and you you have him as a bit part player, similar to to maybe give him that injection or that that boot up his arse a bit like you know Luke Shaw got with Telles coming in, or else mm-hmm. Lindelof would be suited somewhere like Roma. He'd go over there with Mourinho and he'd be great at Roma, but we need someone. And I think for Rand's my number one. Mm. I would like to see him there as well, experienced defender. That um, in in when we're talking about just last night, you know, McCamney went out there as a winner, but Cavani. This is what we need. We need more players like a Rafael Varian, like a Cavani, that's serial winner that brings that attitude, that mentality that we win at all costs. So I think that's part of what United are missing. Really, really important that you need to get that type of player. And Rafael Varane comes from a football club. It's a serial winner. That they must. That they demands to win. That's one of the reasons why I don't want to see United saying a young player who will adapt to his surroundings. I want to see a big player come in, shoot big, big player that's used to winning that will demand they adapt to his standards, which is we win at all costs. And, and, and I think that's what you need, need more of in the dressing room this summer. I want to ask you about Solskjaer because obviously there's a lot of people. And I must say, you see these arseholes that are uh, all out, all out. Uh, oh, nice. I knew if you needed one last night, it would be an edit's win. If they lost, it was Solskjaer's defeat. Uh, and I knew who it would come from. You see these people that um, can't support the football club because of the manager. Do you have nothing for me? I, I have nothing to talk to you about. We have nothing in common. We have completely different interests. I support Manchester United. I don't support a manager who happens to work for Manchester United. Okay? That's what these people do. Don't come at me. I have nothing to say to you. 
you are we're, we're, we're debating different things if your support for a football club is conditional upon who the manager is you don't support the football club so for me just on Solskjaer this is where he's out of time for me this is where he gets back this summer Calm. then I don't think Solskjaer can be sitting here expecting to hold on to his job next season if we're in exactly the same situation we're in and the other big problem for Solskjaer he, the guy who hired him, is no longer going to be responsible for keeping him in a job, which means Edward Ward would have been very reluctant to sack Solskjaer to admit that he made another mistake. But the guy that, yeah. and, but, but he wasn't reluctant to sack Moyes because Moyes wasn't his choice. So whoever comes in behind um, uh, Woodward, Solskjaer is not going to have that leverage that he would have had under Woodward. Yeah, I think. You know, if if we're looking at this time next year and if we're in the exact same position, I agree with you, it's time to move on from Solskjaer. But that doesn't say that we all know Rome wasn't built in a day. And mm-hmm. um, I know that's kind of cliched because people think, oh, well, how long is he going to get? But we have seen vast improvements over this Manchester United team Absolutely. since Solskjaer came in to now. And people forget that. And I, you've seen improvements throughout the whole team and bit by bit. He's making his mark on every single position on the pitch. We're still a few a few out, but I think over time he's going to get it right. I do think he's the man for the job. I don't want this merry-go-round of managers all the time. So for me, yeah, let's see what he does this season. But we'll have to back him in the transfer window because the last couple of transfer windows, we haven't really. And anyone we've signed, you know, a lot of people were questioning even the Maguire signing. I think that's a good signing, but people question that signing. For me, I think this summer is crucial for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer going forward and obviously for us and our, our title ambitions for next season. Well, absolutely. And I think prior to the Super League announcement, and really since that Super League announcement, you know, that's when the form fell off a cliff, if you look at it. Um, but uh, if since that Super League announcement, all the reaction, the protests, it clearly changed strategy at United I don't think United were expecting intending to go out and spend big money this summer. I really don't. Um, I think there would have been a very similar summer to the last one. Uh, but obviously things have changed. Glazers are concerned about the reaction. They don't like what the sponsors have been doing. They don't like how angry the sponsors have been doing. They want to appease fans. They're doing things they've never done before. Going to attend fan forums, which is going to be really interesting because uh, I imagine United will have the discretion scripted and not allowed that to be done live. I would be amazed if they did. Um, but you know uh, we've we've had promises from Glazers before that uh, they were never kept. I accept that, but this is different. They don't have a Ferguson this time. They don't have the success to fall back on, and there's no guarantees anymore. So I think they'll go out. I think from what I understand, pretty confident. Not certain. I'm confident Jaden and Sancho will play. We'll we'll say in this summer. So I think you know we'll say in Sancho. And uh, two or three more, maybe Varian and a midfielder, right? Um, it, the question is, is that enough? I, I don't think so. I mean, personally, we know next year is going to be Cavani's last year. So if, I, if I'm if i United, I'm signing Sancho, I'm signing Varane, I'm signing a midfielder like Declan Rice. And then what's to say we can't go and get Harry Kane? Because I know a lot of people are saying, oh, we're not, we're not going to spend that type of money. Use, use leverage like Lingard and Martial and whatever else it takes to get him. But if we get someone like Harry Kane or that type of striker, along with a Declan Rice, a Rafael Varane and a Jadon Sancho, you're a title-winning team. Yeah, uh, well, I think that 
if you get those types of players, if you get to me, if you got a, a, a Sancho, if you got Severian Sancho, if that money, if that money was there, you could get a Varian Sancho race in Kane. Uh, to me, I thought went champion as a Premier League winning team. But even if you got, for me, if you got Sancho, Varian, and Rice, I think that United fans would be well entitled to turn around to Solskjaer this season and say, "Hey, we need to be in a title race in Manchester City going into the last couple of weeks of the season or Liverpool or whoever." But what we can't be doing is sitting here uh, talking about top four being a success in an FA Cup. No, it's not. We're past that point. And I think this is where Solskjaer has to really demonstrate. And he gets it. I mean, I, I, everything he said to me, he's impressed me. You know, he impressed me about his response to the final. He didn't He didn't, He didn't. didn't sugarcoat it. He talked about what was needed and mentioned the improvement. And again, I thought there was something really interesting when he said most of the players have been incredible. Not all of them. That tells you yeah. that there's certain players inside that dressing room that he wants out that aren't pulling their weight and doing the right thing and getting them out. Uh, who do you think you know will get rid of this summer? I think, for in, in my opinion anyways, I think one of the two keepers is going to go. I think there's a chance that Lindelof goes if he's not happy with being a bit poor player. He may he may well be happy with that. I think Donny van der Beek, I think he's going to leave because think so? he feels that he has... Yeah, I, th- I think he hasn't got an opportunity that he would like, but at the end of the day, he, ha- he hasn't grabbed it with two hands anytime he has got that opportunity. So I think he'll leave. Um, I, that's it, really. I can't see anyone else. I, I know people probably say Fred and stuff. I think Fred Fred's all right. I think Fred, you know, he does a job whenever we need him to do the job, and I think he'd be happy enough to be a bit part player if someone like Rice did come in. My worry is that we don't get an alternative option to Cavani because people will say, oh, Greenwood can play down the rim- middle, Riceford can play down the middle. I think Marshall... It, it, there's a good chance he'll leave this summer. If he doesn't, can he play down the middle? But at the end of the day, we need someone who's similar enough to Cavani that we can rely on if Cavani's injured or if we need an alternative. You know, you genuinely think Martial and Van der Beek will leave this summer? I think I think there's a good chance. Yeah, I think like if you're thinking about Van der Beek, he wants to play football. He's he's coming, you know, in his career where he wants to be playing games every week. He's not going to do that at United. There's no way he's going to. You know, take over. Why can't they do a Fred? I don't know. He's not that type of player. But For me, not, I, not in terms of type of player, but in terms of um, Reva, Fred in his first season and a half was tremendous. himself, you and mean? then he, re, re, you know, he, and he, yes, he, you know, he re, reinvented himself and became back as a, as a player. Van der Beek is proven at the top level that he can play consistently at that level whether he, I, I agree with you in the sense that he hasn't taken his chances and you don't get a perfect opportunity to take your chance you need to take it when it comes if you don't take it don't take it so I agree with that but I still think the most likeliest thing with Van der Beek if he was to leave would be a loan option to buy because clubs are going to be a bit reticent and I don't think you needed with the, what they paid for him you know you wouldn't you still would get your money back on him but Martial I don't see anyone coming in spending that type of money to get Martial out there mate I don't. I, I, look, I agree with you on that. I don't think many clubs will, will come in and spend that money for Martial. But if we're using him as bait for someone else, it could happen. I mean, even the Sancho type of thing. I could. I could see Martial at Dortmund. I could also see if Spurs came in. I could see Martial going to the Spurs. Um, obviously in some sort of deal for Harry Kane, maybe. But I think he hasn't shown anything really. He's been average at best any time he has played Martial. 
Um, he just hasn't shown that killer edge or that instinctive finishing that we've seen at the start when he burst on the scene. Like it was completely different to how he is now. No, he has the, 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 the his talent is not in question. The consistency is just never, never, yeah. never raised, and it's frustrating because he can seduce you when he's playing well, and you can see it. There's an amazing football player in there. It then. This season has just been an unmitigated disaster. I mean, I still look at that PSG game at Old Trafford in the Champions League, and I still think Martial has two incredible guilt edge opportunities in the first half, changes the game if he scores, and it, you know, so many times if we've seen this. But then it, it, we've also seen the opposite, where you know what he's done to Man City. You know, Martial just has this incredible ability, and it's just so frustrating because he's a perfect example of why. Um, hard work is just as important, if not more important, than natural God-given talent. Because if you don't apply all the other attributes, you know, discipline, you know, attitude, everything, then talent is just something that gets wasted. And uh, it, it's so frustrating because you know I think he's got four goals this season. That's just not good enough. Um, and then of course there's some of the other young players like Ahmad, should we loan Ahmad out? Um, if he's not ready for this level of football. Which again, I'm, I, I have my my doubts. Um, game again, considering Solskjaer wouldn't bring him on. Um, then yes, loan him out. You know, Palestri has Palestri really impressed? Not that much. You know, I want to see him come in and do well. Again, a young player for me, it needs to be loaned out to either a top level championship team or Premier League team next season. Uh, anyone that I'm not mentioning, come that you look at that United team and say they will go this summer or they should go. Not really from what you're mentioning there. I agree with you on Ahmad and Palestri, but see with Ahmad and Palestri, I think it's useless loaning them out to Spain, Italy. Loan them to English clubs. Let them get a feel for England, especially teams that are at the lower end of the Premier League. Like, you know, the, the type of teams that are coming up from the Championship this year, loan them to those type of teams. Ahmad, maybe some someone like a Wolves, loan them out there. Let them get a use to the English game because it's going to benefit them. There's no point mm. sending these players like with St. Palestri because he's not really learning anything that's going to benefit him to our game in England. So that that's the type of thing from everyone you're mentioning, no, other than ones that I've mentioned. Um, but I think as well, I think, you know, Phil Jones' time's probably up. So I think it's time that he's going to leave. But what, where he goes is beyond what me. About, I have no idea. What about Ray Back? That, I, I wanted to touch on that. I think... Like I know we're asking for a million things here, but I think Juan Bissaka has came on leaps and bounds. Uh, talking to people who don't really rate Juan Bissaka going forward, I get it, but he is a lot better going forward than what he was this time last year. That's a fact. We're looking at him. He, he looks as if he's he's getting there, but does he benefit from something like the Tellez and Shaw situation? Absolutely. If we can get another, you know, top right back in. Maybe someone like a Kieran Trippier who's coming to the end of his career that'll push him on that extra bit further. I think that would be perfect. Trippier. If you look at that, then you're going to look at Trippier, Sancho, Race, whatever. Those sound very, very uh, British type signings. Do you think that Solskjaer wants more of that in United? Do you think he feels like that's something United need more of? Yeah, I think it's or, something maybe more of like the DNA of Manchester United. Like you think of all the best teams that we've watched through the years. They've, they've all had British talent, Irish talent in the teams. Like you know, even thinking back whenever it was Keane, Irwin, Scholes, Beckham, Neville. There, there's there's no real 
there, there's a few flower players in those teams, but the main base is from England and, and Ireland, and that's the type of thing that I think Solskjaer wants to get back to. Um, you know, even even Declan Rice, I think he'd be the perfect signing in midfield alongside a Scott McTominay or Fred or Maddie or whoever it is. You know, I have to say, mate, I don't share that view. Uh, I think it was something that maybe at the beginning of the Premier League, you know, was something that was important because there was such unique. Um, the English culture was so unique. Um, but I mean, I look at someone like uh, English football culture, I should say, uh, because of its physicality and all that. Or, um, but I look at someone like the Arsenal Invincibles, and I look at how many of those players were English. You know, I mean, I know. take a look at that 3 4 team. I'm going to pull it up here. You've got uh, Jens Lehmann, um, Lauren, Toure, Vieira, Lomberg, Gilberto, Perez, Henri, Burkamp. So you basically have two English players in the team, Ashley Cole and Saul Campbell. So to me, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that. I don't agree that you need British players or Irish players that uh, to represent. I don't think you need it. I, mean, I don't take a look at Guardiola at Man City. Yeah, but see, mate, this is why I don't understand these. Prim- like, I mean, we, we we heard this a couple of years ago where we were saying Trusco was targeting British players, which turned out to be nonsense, right? I don't understand these objective red lines. And I hear nonsense about United DNA, right? Matt Busby, before he got hired by United, played for Liverpool and City. What, what United DNA did he have? Ferguson never even set foot in Seattle Trevor before he went there. What DNA did he have? You know, I, 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 and, and then you're talking about people at the very top of the football club that have completely obfuscated the football club and it's raised on that to not business. You know, they can't be talking about DNA whenever they prostitute a football club across the world, because that's not in the DNA. And that's where the mood and the, and, and the expectations and, and, and uh, the professional um, environment is set from the top down. So to me, I hear things like, uh, oh, we're well, not going to send world-class players anymore. They don't work. You've never heard something bollocks in all your life. Have you never, what have you not sent two of them? You imagine Real Madrid saying, ah, you know what? We're not sending Ronaldo and Messi because those world-class players don't work. We're going to send... Uh, Donny Ings, that's our type of thing. It's, it's just fucking madness. Who, do, who does this? You know, is it? Know. It's insanity. You know, why? Because Juan Sebastian Verondon, what? Madness. <laughs> Fuck me. Seriously? Yeah, you know what? Them world class players don't work here. What? Absolute bollocks. You know? No, and, uh, I agree with you on that. But I think if you're sending someone like a Declan Rice or, or these English players who have grown up watching Manchester United win and win consistently. It's that mindset thing. Whereas Solskjaer, like I said, as obviously he's got United in him and he knows what it takes to be a winner. If you've got players coming in that, that know what Manchester United are all about, it's half the battle. Someone like Scott McTominay, who wears his heart on his sleeve, he's the perfect example of it. Whereas you you compare him with someone like Donny van der Beek, who, who's been great for Ajax and came through their system from, from he's been a kid. But you look at him at Manchester United and he's like a, a fish out of water. He just he doesn't know what's going on. No, here's the thing. Right? Real Ferdinand, British. Let United down. Right? He uh, skipped the drug test and then went and met Chelsea behind Ferguson's back. Jesse Lingard, he got the club. Hmm. Uh, he uh, ended up going to West Ham because... Uh, you know, his conduct at times at United was, 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 was unacceptable. 
there's no doubt, no doubt about it. And uh, he wasn't exactly Mr. Sensitive whenever we're at Munich, um, you know, commemorations and, 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 and you know, we know what happened there. It wasn't exactly the most respectful thing in the world. So I, I don't agree with, like, I, I hear these things that are said by people and I have a hard time believing that just because a kid came through United's Academy, there, because I can give you a million examples of kids that have came through United's Academy. You know, Paul Pogba came through United's Academy. You know, Dane Henderson came through United's Academy. These kids, want, they, they, I mean, they just go through, there's so many examples of this. Whereas, do I believe a kid wants it more than, than say, when a Gallo came to United? Do I believe there's a kid in United's Academy that wants it more than a Gallo? No. I don't believe there's a kid that wants it more than a Mata. I, I, I don't think that just because you play for United Academy, it guarantees you're going to have a different attitude whenever you play for the football club. And and, and I, I, but I, I get that if you're born and uh, like a Rashford probably has more affinity for United than a Bruno Fernandez would naturally, right? But um, and I like to see young players come through. But I, I just think that there's. People talk about things that you know, need a DNA and all that. There, I hear this all the time, but it, it constantly changes. You know, with United in the nineties were very different to United in the fifties. You know, that is constantly changing. It has to change. You know, otherwise, you know, United really had two good managers, Ferguson and Busby, and the the, the DNA, what what you know, his identity was set by them. So. Top top class manager comes in. That's the identity, and um, I, you know, if United were winning games one 0 every week, I guarantee you those above Solskjaer wouldn't give a shit. But you know, DNA yeah. they don't care, you know. Yeah. But uh, I get what you're saying. Um, but uh, I, I personally I love to see young kids come through. And I think it's great for, for a club that United have a smattering of young players from the academy. Uh, I think that's important. Uh, but um, I don't think they're any more committed or to the shirt than many players who, like I me, mean, when I had Enrique Fernandez, not somebody's moved to United. He, he was desperate for that move. So, anyway, yeah. um, anything else you want to mention before we split? Nothing else I can think of. Just that, you know, like we need to be patient, and this is a massive, massive summer going forward. It's a massive summer for Solskjaer, and it's a massive summer for. The club as a whole, with the whole protests that have been going on and everything else, so it's time for the Glazers really to step up and you know cough up some money and, and let's see the the squad improved as a whole, not just players that are, are straight into the, the starting eleven every week. We need strength and depth. We need players coming off the bench who are just as good as your Gavani's up front that can they can change the game. Yep, I completely agree. Uh, what what would be success next season? I always want to be the best, so we need to win the leagues. Simple as that. Um, we're, we're, we came second this year. We need to go one better next year. We need to have a good run in the Champions League. I want to win every single competition we're in. That's just the way it is as a United fan. If you're, mm-hmm. you tell yourself anything different, you're, you're lying to yourself. Even over the years when, when we weren't maybe at our optimum level, we were still. I was still always wanting to win every competition we're in. So next year I want to see a couple of trophies and we'll have to win the league. Completely agree. I would like to see it. I think if United can win one major trophy next season, and when I say major, I mean major, I mean between the Premier League and the Champions League. If United finish second in the Champions League, that'd be a success for me, right? Yeah. But they, but it, but it, but we're at major trophy time. I Europa League, the League Cup, 
FA Cup to me, and not turning my nose up at, at, at the FA Cup, but I don't want to see United in the Europa League final next season. I don't want to see United um, calling the League Cup a success. It, it has to be the Premier League, your Champions League. And, um, you know, I, I think when you look at the final, City and Chelsea, you know, it's not that far away. It's not unobtainable. Why not? So, uh, we shall see. Colin, mate, must say it's been an absolute pleasure having you on and doing this. Wanted to do it for a long time. We'll get you on again throughout the season, mate, and over the summer as well. Uh, folks, I will put a link in, tweet in to this guy's Twitter ID. Go ahead and give him a follow. Follow their podcast as well. If some fantastic guests. And uh, pleasure to have you on. Colin, all the best, mate. Thanks very much, Phil. Can't wait for next time. Thank Cheers, you, Paul. See you, mate. Bye. <clears throat>